Saturday morning, 94 WIP, along with Ray Dinger. I'm Glenn Mack now. And, Ray, I heard you earlier this week. Um, I forget which show. I don't, I don't remember if you were on with Angelo or the Midday Guys or whatever. No, it was, it was uh, Joe and John. Okay. We're talking a little basketball. Okay. That's right. I was driving in my car, and I heard you. And uh, John put one up, or Joe, I think, put one up on the tee. And he said, Ray, you know, Embiid is amazing right now, which Embiid is amazing right now. Um the other night on an off night, 26 points, nine rebounds, seven assists uh, against the Lakers in a game that they won. Uh, he made the all-star team, uh, starting in the all-star game for the fifth time in a row, which is a pretty rare and wondrous thing to do. And David Murphy, the Inquirer, actually crunched some numbers and came up with this, which I thought was pretty impressive. Uh, over any 18-game stretch in the last 30 seasons, last 30 seasons in the NBA, only three players have averaged 34 points and 10 rebounds, and they are Shaquille O'Neal, Russell Westbrook, and now Joel Embiid. That's the season he's having. So the question came to you, Ray, can we now compare, I believe this was the question, Embiid with Will Chamberlain, and I'm waiting for Ray. I know the dismissive Ray. I've heard the dismissive Ray. I was waiting for this. <sighs> No, but that's not what you said. Mm -hmm. uh, you you entertained the question and said there was merit to it. Yeah, I didn't. No, I I didn't dismiss it. I think what the uh, I I certainly wasn't saying that Embiid was had surpassed Will Chamberlain as as an all time NBA center. Uh, Correct. As I I didn't say that. Not implying that. Yeah, uh, but what I think what the, what I was trying to say was that the that the stretch that he's in now. Um, this this block of, of games that he has played um, was, for the lack of a better term, it was very Wilt-like uh, in terms of his ability to just dominate a game. Um, now, I don't know that anybody, I don't know that we'll ever see another Wilt Chamberlain. I don't know that we'll ever see another player like that. Um, I mean, I, I mentioned the fact, and John seemed a little surprised. I don't know, I, maybe John didn't know that I said Wilt Chamberlain actually averaged 50 points a game for an entire NBA season. Um, I mean, that was, I mean, you say that to people now, and if they don't really know it as a fact, they, they, they say, well, that, that's not possible. Well, the people who dismiss Wilt now is because, like, well, he played when there was nobody else playing and so on. It was a different era and it was a different game. But the dominance out of Embiid now is, is, is amazing. And I want to play a cut for you. Um, and this is, this is from Charles Barkley, who knows a little bit. And this is earlier in the week, Charles Barkley talking about who deserves to be the MVP. He's the MVP in this league, and I'm going to say it now, by far. Okay. Listen, no disrespect to all these other guys having some good years, but that man right there is playing better basketball than anybody in the world. Ray, I agree. You agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I fully agree. Yeah. I fully agree. I mean, what he's doing now is, um, and it's pretty much night after night. It's not just like a really good game here and there. I mean, he's just putting these games now back to back to back. And it's pretty amazing uh, when you see that. Um, you know, it's, it's very hard, and this is, I mean, this is always a very difficult discussion to have in any sport when you start comparing players across eras, you know, because the games change dramatically. I mean, we have this discussion about football all the time. You know, people trying to compare Johnny Unitas to Tom Brady. You can't. It's a different game now. And certainly that's, a, I mean, that is so true in the NBA. I mean, the NBA of today bears no resemblance to the NBA of Wilt's time you know, with the three-point shot and all that. I mean, it's a totally different game now. Um, but what Embiid is – and, you know, that's why what Embiid is doing now is so 
is so extraordinary. And he's, um, I mean, he's a great. He is a truly great player now. And I, I agree with Charles wholeheartedly. To me, it's, okay. it's to me, it's not even, it's not even really an argument about him as MVP. I think it's hands down him. Oh, I do too. I, I do too. So here's the flip side. I don't want to wallow in uh, Ben Simmons talk today. I don't want to get. In, I, I don't want to, you know, bog down in like are they going to trade him? Are they not? What is Maury doing? Is he holding on and so on? Because. I have no blessed idea what's going to happen between now and February 10th, and I believe everything we hear these days is entirely posturing and everybody's lying because that's what people do. So, however, I want to play this cut. This is uh, from Shaquille O'Neal also on TNT earlier this week talking about Embiid and then Ben Simmons. And, Ray, I believe in this one Shaq speaks for all of us. E slash I stay on big guys because I care about them. I want them to play a certain way. I want them to play at a certain level. <clears throat> difference between him and his soft partner is he can take criticism without being a crybaby and he still wants to play. Because me and Charles, we've been on him. We stay on him. We tell him to his face what he need to do. He didn't cry. He didn't say I want to be traded. He didn't you know, complain about mistreatment. And that's the difference. That's why I like and respect him. The other guy I don't respect. I've been thinking about it. You're missing the whole season because they ask your coach a question, can we win without you? And your coach gave a funny answer. That should tell you you need to get in, in, in the summertime and work on your game. You don't think I, I haven't been criticized by you guys and Stephen A? You don't think I have, have, you know, haven't been criticized by L.A. media, New York media? Great players get criticized, but the great players also step up to the criticism and perform. So this other guy, I don't respect him. I would get rid of him. Ray, your thoughts? <laughs> I'm with him 100%. I've been, say, I've been saying that. For, for months now. I, I mean, I can't get rid of this guy soon enough. I really yeah. can't. I, I understand Maury's trying to get the best possible deal, but, you know, I, I'll tell you, Glenn, I, I, think that, I think the deadline's going to come and go. I don't think he's I moving. I, think, I, I think, think I think if they're going to move him, it's going to be in the offseason. This, yeah, this thing will have dragged out for an entire NBA season. Oh, yeah. By the way, if you think Ben Simmons is doing nothing these days, Ray, I swear to God I got this news released yesterday, and I'm there's part of me that thinks this is fake, just because of what I'm about to read you. But there's also, like, I think there's probably truth to it. So Ben Simmons, even though he's not playing, has signed up to be a strategic advisor and ambassador for crypto NFT esports organization Perion. Tell me how many words in that sentence you don't know what they mean. Uh, all of them. Crypto NFT esports. It combi combines everything. Everything. Um, he is going to be the new strategic advisor and ambassador. He will partner with Parian. It's an Australian company, right? To bring a new element to engaging gamers and continue to elevate cultural impact in the play-to-earn space that is the metaverse gaming. I don't that's, have that's what any, he's doing. Yeah, I have no idea what any of that means. <laughs> that's what. He, well, what it, here's what it means. Here's what it means. It means that he's gonna. He's not playing basketball. He's not doing nothing, but he's involved in it. They say he's a gamer. Yeah, well, he's not a gamer in the sense that we want him to be one. Right. But he's a gamer in that he is doing this competitive esports, whatever. I don't know. I have no idea where cryptocurrency fits into it, but but apparently it does. One other thing on this. Um, the players voted for the All-Stars uh, as well this last week. 25 players in the East voted for Kyrie Irving, which is interesting. Two of them voted for Ben Simmons as an all-star starter in the East. Now, you can rip fan voting, which sometimes is odd. You can certainly rip 
um, media voting, and that became a whole kerfuffle, understandably, in the Baseball Hall of Fame this week. Mm -hmm. But when players are voting for Ben Simmons and Kyrie Irving to start in the All-Star game, there's nobody who's capable of voting. Right. Everybody's got an agenda. Right. That's all I got on that. Well, I'm guessing that the, that the two players are probably represented by his agent, right? I mean, yeah, they're you probably, know what? Yeah, they're yeah, probably, I, uh, yeah, if you'll find out who their agent is, they have the same agent as Ben Simmons. Yeah, I bet it's Rich Paul. I bet, I bet you're right. Larry in media is with us. Hello, Larry. Oh, hey, how you doing? Good, Larry. Uh, you got to get to the. You got to pick up the phone. Right. Got it. Got it. Sorry. Okay. Um, I was calling about the. I figured uh, this would be for you, uh, Glenn. The uh, Buffalo game. Mm-hmm. And that that last thirteen seconds, mm-hmm. and when they just were just rushing for and allowing the you know the receivers to go downfield, the Crazy. first person I thought of was Seth Joyner. Would would you know? Ray, I ask you, would Seth Joyner? Ray, if you were play, watching play that, that game defense? next to Seth, how would he have? <laughs> and the Bills I, I, were, were wearing Eagles green. How would he have responded, Ray? Would there still be a studio intact? Uh, <laughs> there would have been a there would have been a, a table or two overturned. I think uh, the thing that I couldn't understand and couldn't believe um, was how do, how do you give Travis Kelsey a free release off the line of scrimmage? I mean, that's I mean, I, I know there's a lot happening in a short period of time, and there's some scrambling around. But I'm telling you, they line up. The first thing I'm telling is somebody get get on his head and jam him at the line of scrimmage. You can't. In that situation, you have time for one or two plays. You have to. You can't let Kelsey get off the line of scrimmage. You can't. Yeah. Was somebody who had on one of the and some other radio station thought, why didn't they just hold the receivers? Just hold them. Take the penalty. Okay, you get five yards. Yeah. And six or seven seconds. I don't know. I, listen, I I don't know. I, Ray, I can't even imagine how that how people in Buffalo. Are responding to that this week? Uh, I was thinking about it. You know, you think about you think about the Buffalo fans. You think about what they've been through. Oh, we have one coming up. Yeah, I mean, I know. I mean, you think about uh, you know, you think about the Norwood kick. You think about the right, Music right. City miracle. You Please, think about the right. four Super Bowls, and now this on top of it. Yeah, I know. It just seems it just seems unfair, actually. Yeah, it sure does. Let me work in Michael and Lower going in before the uh, break. Michael, what's on your mind? Hey, how you doing, Glenn and Ryan? Hey, hey, Mike. Hey, so I just wanted to go over the Flyers press conference with you guys, if I'm allowed. Yeah, and, I mean, if uh, you're allowed. Of course you're allowed. Uh, well, I just wasn't sure we were talking Flyers tonight. So, uh, no, it didn't mean any sense. Um, when you bring out Dave Scott in that press conference, to me, it just made Chuck look bad from the beginning. Um, the whole bring up Valerie, I'm, I'm missing who she is. I'm guessing she's marketing and she's sales. the business. She's the head of the business side of it. Um, Valerie Camello and um, came from the Washington Nationals and a source of the frustration of, of many of the people who are fans and alumni and people who um, think this team is on a bad direction. So, yeah, so I appreciate that. Glenn. Yeah. So not to mention part of part of the court, especially what he went through last year, the way he's rebounded upsets me. And it's just to me, heart is is what they got. That's what they got to build on. So yeah, I and, and I got um, impression. Yeah, what you got impression is of the conference and what you think we should do with James that he, if he waives his no trade clause. Oh, they have to trade him, and they have to get him to waive his no trade clause because as great of a career as he had, it's they're never going to win during the rest of his career. And uh, I don't know what value he gets. He certainly could help a playoff team go deep into the, the cup, uh, in, into the playoffs. 
so yeah, they got to trade him, and hopefully he'll agree to it. And um, I mean, I don't know what else to say, right? What else you got to say? Yeah, I don't know why he would. I don't know why he would refuse. I mean, I know he's got the he's got the right of refusal, but at this point, I mean, if he's got an opportunity to go to a team that has tries a chance to win, I mean, why would he say no? I mean, it's there's nothing more he's going to accomplish here. I mean, he's he set a bunch of records, but this team's not going to win. And he's done a lot. He's achieved a lot. He's been an all-star. He's been a really good player for a long time. But the one thing he's never done is he's never won a cup. And at this point in his career, sure, why wouldn't he do that? I, I, you know, I, I know. And at the press conference, one of the things that came out of the press conference was Fletcher sort of acknowledging that, yeah, we're in conversations with Claude uh, about this. And so it's, it's obvious that they're, he's available and they're going to try and trade him. I don't know why, I don't know why if, they, if a deal was offered to him that he would turn it down. Uh, no. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into the, uh, their mess either later today or certainly tomorrow. I don't want to give it short shrift because it, you and I try to pay a little bit of attention to it on every show. And the Flyers are just a train wreck of a disaster, of a house on fire, of just horribleness. And um, I don't want it to go unnoticed. And I know you don't as well. They're, uh, they're, they are so bad. I mean, I ju- they, are just, they are just so horrible to watch. And I know... You know, I know a lot of the a lot of the press conference kept coming back to the injuries, injuries, and they've had yeah, injuries, sure. But it, but yeah. that's that's just such a don't want to hear it. Such a cop out. I don't mean, it's such a cop it. out. I mean, the product that they're putting on the ice now, it's just flat out embarrassing. And Two somebody months. has. I'm glad that I'm glad that they they didn't fully answer to it, but they at least they at least they stood up there and 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 faced the questions for a change. By the way, Ray, today the Flyers and the Sixers both play at home, assuming these games happen, against teams called the Kings from California. How often do you find that? Wow. I yeah. hadn't I hadn't thought about that. Well, there you go. My my prediction is one for two. Uh I would probably <laughs> say you're right. All right, coming up right. We talked a little bit about that Bills game. We you I had a charity event this week which you were nice enough to really lend your support. We'll talk more about that later, but there were 300 people there and I'm telling you half of them said to me, "How's your dad after that game?" <laughs> and so we'll bring him on. We'll let you know. Ray Dinger, Glenn Mack now on 94 WIP.